You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I am Emily Wood from Wellington, Florida. And I'm Kayla Benny from Ocala, Florida. And you are listening to the monthly Total Equal Health episode on horses in the morning on the Horse Radio Network for December 22nd, episode 3085. This is a special episode of Horses in the Morning every fourth Thursday of the month brought to you by Total Equal Health. Good morning, horse world. Good morning. Hey, you made it to the fourth Thursday of the month on Horses in the Morning. Oh my gosh, Emily, you're back. I know. I missed you guys last <laughs> month. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. We we will allow it. Um, <laughs> we're back on schedule. We're back on track. And I'm so excited to have uh, this this guest coming on that you lined up. Um, Me I, too. I came, just so the listeners know, I came to Emily and I was like, um, I am underprepared. And <laughs> this is what I have envisioned in my head. And we need to find this guest. And at first, Emily was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what the word kinesiology is. You, all of your insider talk, your shop talk. I was like, I need a kinesiologist and I need this what and this and this. And she's I like, know. I don't know those people, Kayla. And then she comes back to me with like, oh, I, uh, I think I can get this person on. And I was like, that is exactly what I was looking for. Yeah. You were amazing. Thank you. It all worked out. It all worked out totally. I know she she checked all the boxes. No, Wendy's great. I can't wait to hear from her too. That's tons of information. Such a good website. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. Well, and she's an author on improving equine mobility, and she also has a canine book. And um, we're going to speak to her about alignment in relation to our equine partners and how to improve ourselves to be more balanced on and off the saddle. So I'm really super excited. Yeah, that's a good topic. More people need to be focused on what they're doing up there that could well, be and, contributing. Yeah. And be more physically aware of their body. Um, I know a couple of years ago, I didn't take my fitness as seriously as I do now. And I thought I was pretty balanced um, until I started doing, uh, you know, left and right exercises and realizing that my left and my right side do not function the like, same equally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's I'm a like, real eye opener when you, you're like, oh man. I'm like, wow, my left side, I need to go down like if you're like holding a single weight and like doing an exercise and you're doing just like the right side and then you go to the left side and I'm like I need a five pound weight not a 10 pound weight because I am not stable and I'm going to collapse in a minute and you're like huh I wonder how that feels on the horse with yeah even growing up like you people you could tell like people wearing their saddles differently some people have more rub on one side or the other. I noticed it early on. I could tell people, I could tell that we were all crooked. I all could all wonky. Yeah. yeah. But I did, not as much emphasis was put on it though. People were like, yeah, that's just how it is. And well, I have a, I have a client that actually we both got, um, newer saddles at the same time. And one day I was riding her horses and I looked down at her saddle and I'm like, why do you have like wrinkles? just on your left side of your like of your seat bone like on the seat of mm -hmm. the saddle like my saddle is and i'm not trying to toot my own horn but toot toot my <laughs> saddle is very butt marks. even even butt marks um and <laughs> like almost to little for. to none almost little to none and hers little to none on the right side and like deep like you know when those old saddles you like pull out an old ontaris that you know was from the 90s and I hate saying that old is <laughs> in the 90s old now, now. Um, <laughs> drama so old um but you know you pull out like an old saddle or like even the Steubens not so much because they didn't have as as floofy of uh, a padding yeah. yeah and just not as floofy padding on the on the seat part but and you just see like wrinkle after wrinkle of like 
you know, every style of butt sitting in that saddle. But that's how her side looked. And I was like, okay, so we have some work to do because, honey, you are sitting way too hard on this side. And this is why your horse doesn't turn left. (laughs) Yeah, right. Like, yeah, it's nice more people are thinking that way and noticing that stuff because it's always been there. I mean, everybody's always been super crooked and then you're if you're compensating or but the the saddle doesn't lie. I think the I'm, Wendy, I'm sure will have some other clues for us, but I noticed that I'm sure everybody does. We're all staring at those saddle marks to see if they're yeah. even or notice it. You just notice it and whatever. It just goes in the notes. But now people are doing things about it. Absolutely. So I'm super excited to get to her. And um, how how have you been? How are your ponies? Oh, the ponies are good. Things are getting busy down here. It's that time of year. I know some people think it's holidays, but that's not what we're talking about. (laughs) It's almost circuit. I know. I'm so I'm like excited and dreading it all at once because it at least and this is such a first world problem. But like once we get going, 12 weeks is a really long time. I know. I know. Oh, really? really. And it and seems like longer. I mean, is it like that up there? I mean, down here, like already almost, I mean, not everybody, but it, it sure feels like that. It's There's tons of horses, tons of shopping, lots of showing and everything happening, but they don't leave until yeah. like, I mean, May, end well, of ev- April. Well, and everyone's, because now there's a summer circuit down here. That's right. And so everyone's like oh and on the off season and i'm like what off season there there literally there is, none. is no yeah. off season it's we, august august yeah. is the off season <laughs> but there's even two weeks in august That's here true. and then yeah. but then september october is the off season i guess and then we click right back into it we had two weeks in november two we just finished two weeks in december um and then circuit starts up uh that first week of january um and I'm super excited because not only do we have the World Equestrian Center in Ocala now, but Hits is redoing their ring. Oh, I saw that. That's exciting. And I have insider scoop because my husband works for the ring company that's putting yeah. in the rings. Um, and and I train with the people that do the rings, but um it they're gonna be really, really nice. Oh, great. Really nice. And um, so it's really great to have two facilities, you know, somewhat close. Yeah. Debatable too close, but we're not going there. <laughs> we are staying focused. Everybody finally is, gave up on that argument. I mean, the is, more the merrier. I mean, exactly. good Lord. Especially at least they should waive mileage rules, at least for circuit, because there is just there is just a lot of people. Well, there's I mean, way too many people. Yeah. Uh, last year, uh, a lot of horses, rather during the winter circuit, because you know, like the one ten class, like the open classes and stuff, during the week are the most like high demand. That's when the trainers are riding, you know, the clients' horses before they come on the weekends, or you're schooling, so then you're ready for for your weekend classes, um, or for professionals that have young horses, they can only compete during the week, but the the open 110s, there would be like 120 rounds. Oh, my gosh. And it's like, okay, we need to split this up. Like, some of some people need to go to hits, and some people need to stay at WEC. Because then, then you like make them swap. blue ribbon rounds, and it's just like, well, that's not that gr- – I mean, it, I guess it's fun. Like, if you put in a clean round, everybody can come out with a blue. But it just seems it, – it seems nice for the owners and the young horses and, and clients, too, to have a little competition even in those – like there's just so many. I mean, there's. I mean, well, you it ha- just you makes start- for a very long day. Yes. And yeah. also, how do you plan? Like you're like, I want to go around this time, <laughs> and then you show up, but everybody else wants to go around that time too. And I know. but you have to be at four other rings in within the hour, and you know, it's just like it's a logistical it's nightmare. Totally. And so I'm super excited about that, and that we have have more venues to to go to and to appreciate and we're just super lucky that way um but i am i'm gonna like rest for these next two weeks because it's gonna be long (laughs) i know right i know everybody's all geared up for the holidays and 
horse people are like, we need to just take it easy because it's about to get really crazy. Yeah. But that's for a also a sustained period of time. That's also when everyone wants to horse shop and get their horse before circuit and, you know, start yeah. making those relationships and, and yeah. everything. So you're like, I will rest, but maybe only for a few hours because then I got to keep going. <laughs> I know it is. It gets busy shopping and. There's definitely a buzz. I feel like you can kind of tell this time of year, like also like what the economy is doing. And there, there are a lot of people horse showing a lot of horse showing, a lot of shopping, lots of lower level entry horses, first time kids off ponies, lot. It it seems more this year than the last couple of years. So that's a good sign. Yeah. I'm super excited. Well, let's get to our first guest. We have our guest for today, Dr. Wendy Corin. She is a chiropractor for humans, equines, and canine, providing balance and wellness to the human equine athlete, canine competitors, and canine companions. Welcome to the show, Wendy. Thank you very much for having me. It's so exciting. You have so many lists of accomplishments. We were, I was on your website. Y'all can check it out, equaline.com, E-Q-U-A-L-I-G-N.com. I, I knew that you had done a lot, but I was so impressed <laughs> to see how much you have not only worked on the animals and the humans, but also giving back with writing the books, sharing the information. You're also doing your own podcast. Tell us a little bit about kind of your endeavors currently. It's incredible. My, you know, most people that I went to school with are retired. I'm 43 years in practice uh, next month. And it just keeps getting better and better. And I keep going, well, I better live a really long time because I have all these things that I want to do. And I keep meeting incredible people and then getting excited to do more things. So basically, I started out in the human chiropractic world. And within the first year in 1980, all the people I was attracting into my practice were equestrians and it morphed into, well, can you look at the horse? And that's a, that's a whole hour in and of itself. And after getting my degree from the uh, American Veterinary Chiropractic Association and doing all the 300 hours and then 500 hours and then, oh my gosh. and then, and then, you know, to be able, every time I found something that I couldn't find a book on, I thought, well, I better write one. In order to write one, you have to do research. And that's how all of these texts and and courses have evolved out of me wanting to learn more and then realizing that I just had to figure it out myself. And uh, so it's been it's been a mission. Health and wellness, one thing led to another. And I I couldn't believe that you were also doing, I know our show is not about dogs, but I thought that that was very interesting that you were also doing canines and competitive canines. You have to, well, first of all, that's every single morning I'm doing agility dogs, uh, police and uh, rescue dogs, which started out because every time you go to a barn to work on a horse, the dogs are there. Dogs are remarkably intuitive when they see hands that can help them. Literally, dogs will come running in, back themselves up against me and stand there until I do something. So, (laughs) and dogs are simpler than horses or humans because no one sits on them. They don't get on their cell phone or drive a car the second you're done. So they tend to have more miraculous experiences, which then inspires people to tell other people and then the dog world explodes. But, you know, my, my focus has always been on the equestrian athlete. And so that stays primary, but the dogs are fighting for a chance. to uh, (laughs) I was going to say too, is, uh, dog, dog people are just as passionate as horse people about their, about their, uh, counterpart the athlete of the the animal side of things so 100 percent true 100 percent <laughs> true and sometimes more hands-on yeah you know in in the horse world often you'll have your trainer and the groom being more hands-on than the owner in more cases than not in the show world and yeah. in the dog world it's more the opposite the trainer will get them you know if if they're a uh, actual dog show dog the trainer will get them. Otherwise, 
the the owner is often the caretaker then and everything and so they notice this infinitesimal change in their animal and they need to deal with it right away so it's it's i'm learning i'm i'm learning that um they're less crazy than cat people <laughs> uh, yeah there's a scale yeah. there is a scale <laughs> and for so for horses there's obviously a lot of different types of folks that have horses if they're using them for competition or they're pleasure horses. What do you find the majority of people, are they coming to you with really serious issues? Are they coming too late or are they picking up on some small little training issues? What is kind of your general? It's really interesting in this world, you know, being down in Wellington, um, these animals are fine tuned. So often it's, it's a, it's really a village of working. I work with their primary vet. I work with all of the people who are caring to get this animal to be the best. So often it's a matter of looking at the case and going who, who needs to be involved in this moment and what's routine. So we have barns that we go to weekly. We have barns we go to only when they see something wrong. We have people who are very intuitive and we have people who call us in and you go, you just noticed this. Um, there isn't anything that is working with this animal. And by the time the horse is compensated, it's fifth or sixth compensation. That's when they notice it. So it's, you know, we work on Olympic horses. I, I had the pleasure of working on horses right before they got on the plane you know, for the last Olympics. And, and because those owners were so awesome, I also saw them the day they got home. So it, it, it really is, I can't even give you a generalization. It's everything. Um, and as you know, and we, we talked a little bit before, I tend, I don't care what level of rider, I tend to blame the rider for a lot of things that are going on with the horse. So absolutely. Uh, <laughs> And I can usually prove it. So that's really good. <laughs> I know. I love the proving it. We were chatting earlier and we made a little footnote to, to discuss some of these, these ways that you prove it. The well, saddle pad fair. We had some researchers down here, and this is something that we probably will have to talk about in a year or two. I, I am a nerd and I went to the International Fascial Conference in Washington, D.C., then three years later in Germany, then three years later in, in um, Montreal. And it's primarily human, but they've started to introduce equine and the research has been incredible. And I had researchers, one is an MD, PhD engineer, the other is an anatomist, MD and equine body worker spent the week here with me last week. And we were doing research on how horses respond to different kinds of care by putting a camera over their eyeball and watching the dilation of their pupils. And when a horse is stressed or in pain, their eyes get bigger. They want to take in more information. When they feel calmer, their eyes will constrict and not need to be so involved with their. And my horses are saints. They let us put headsets on them and we let them stick cameras in their eyeballs and they're like, sure, what else do you want to do? <laughs> uh, but I put, we went for a ride and I put this woman on my horse. And when I got off, I did what I do with every rider. I flipped the saddle pad over. She's like, what you're doing? I said, I want to see if you screwed up my horse. And all of the dirt was on one side. I said, well, you only sat on the left side of the saddle Therefore, I now need to check my horse to see how did that affect him. And she's like, ah, that's because I've got this pain in my right hip, so I can't put my weight in the stirrup. And I'm like, oh, it shows up. Everything shows up. So saddle pads are one of my keys into how much effect the rider is having on the biomechanics of the horse. That's wild. Oh, yep. it's, Yeah. I, you probably I see that a lot. Barn. I see it. I see it a lot when I can. I also right. see. Yeah, they don't want to show you. Half -half, <laughs> and yeah. I'll go to a barn and I'll see someone running around and their right boot has a hole in it and their left looks brand new. Yeah. And I go, ah, 
you only use one leg. Oh, no, I use them both equally. Ah, okay. Well, then you dig holes in your boot when you get home, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Lack of awareness on the part of the human isn't indicative of lack of an issue. It just means they don't know. So, you know, you have to be gentle and casual and pointing the things out that they might be able to do in order to get the best ride. And and I'm sure you know this, and, and as a rider, right? You can ride. Some horses make you better. Some horses are more challenging for your body. There's there's a synchronicity. And, yeah, for sure. You know, and so it's the same thing. Some riders can take a horse that's slightly off and ride them, and the horse listens to their body and actually corrects itself. Mm-hmm. And that's why sometimes <laughs> we are busier on Tuesdays because the owners were there over the weekend and not the professionals. And there can be a big difference in how the horse, you know, is impacted by that. And so we just go, okay, you know, let's, let's correct it because we can't always get everybody to take themselves as seriously as they take their horses. What do you recommend for somebody that does own their own horse, whether they're doing pleasure or showing, should they, I guess, assess themselves first? (laughs) Maybe they go to the chiropractor or call anybody. I mean, it can be a chiropractor. It could be a PT. It could be, you know, a really good um, physio could be a, a massage therapist who actually knows sports massage. The simplest thing is look in the mirror and actually look at yourself and check what your shoulders and check your hips. And are you balanced? And very few humans have a top line. You know, everybody, when you ride, you're using your chest, you're using your arms, you're always, you know, the vertical and in front, you're never behind the vertical. So the poor back muscles, the lats, the rhomboids, all those don't really work at the level that the front does. So people tend to be unconsciously on their forehand, which then translates to the horse to weight bear heavier in the front. And then they kick them to get them to engage behind and that while giving them a signal to move from the front, which tends to create some behavioral issues. So I always recommend that you look first. Then if you can't see anything, then some, have someone a little bit more educated look at you or a little bit more neutral look at you. Humans can look at their shoes. If you wear out the heels unevenly, you are walking unevenly. And the words, these are just my barn shoes, make me crazy. And I want to throw them all away. <laughs> I and know what you mean. Crops you see them and you're like, oh, footwear, right? Yeah. They give no support. I'm like, you wouldn't put your horse in barn shoes and let them stand on a bad surface through the night and only put shoes on for showing. That's what racehorse people do, but (laughs) not, not what, you know, most show people do because they know the consequences and the consequences are the same in the human. And so they lose proprioception or awareness of where their feet are. And therefore they can't really feel what the horse is telling them. So I, my goal in the human element is to increase awareness. And I don't need to be the one who does it. I'm just often the one who says, could you work on this, please? And so we develop the simplest, you know, take a, take a band to the barn, stand in front of your stall and do some upper body, real upper body, you know, back exercises, do some squats, make sure that your top line is in balance with your front core. And that's going to make the ride entirely different for the horse, which will then make them more supportive of you. I have been known to bring a hula hoop into the barn and see if people can go clockwise and counterclockwise. Because if someone says my horse won't pick up the left lead, I'll go, well, can you, you know, (laughs) I mean, and I'm, you know, I'm old and I'm not all, you know, I'm not all that supple and I can hula hoop and I can have a 10 minute conversation because I work really hard on making sure the core in the back and the front are balanced. And I ride bareback because I'm lazy. So um, <laughs> bareback is the true. best. That really, I don't know if that's lazy. I, <laughs> that, yeah, it's really straight. <laughs> that's hard you work. 
yeah, you can claim. I, I know. You know. I don't have a groom. I don't have someone to saddle for me to take it off or do this. So bareback is efficient. I'll put it that way. Yeah, but it's um, good for you. Good for your position. Totally. But the the weighted hula hoops that you can buy online for like thirty nine yeah. bucks will they will train you. And I always tell people if you're easy one way, do it twice as much to your difficult side. Same thing with a horse. You know, if, if the horse won't pick up the left lead, we'll take them out and go left twice as much so that you create that mind-body connection, that proprioceptive memory. And we use kinesiology taping. We use fascial work. And we'll find the same pattern in the horse and in the rider. That's so interesting. It's funny that you say that because I notice um, just to put it in relation for our listeners, like, so my big horse, Doki, who's like almost 18 hands and I'm like five, three on a good day. But when I start to have lower back pain, I'm like, oh, my SI's out, which means Doki's SI's out. Mm Mm-hmm. And I probably started to put him out, but then he puts me out a little bit more. And then like, we kind of feed off of each other. So then I'm like, I got to get myself corrected and him corrected so we can start fresh again (laughs) before (laughs) one of us puts. Exactly. And the really fine tune, the awareness that the really good riders can feel it and address it. And I, I mean, it was really funny when this horse was going off to the Olympics and I looked at his rider knowing that, you know, here's someone who is, I I don't hold the, the wick of a candle to. And I said, I hate to tell you, but the lead you're having a trouble with is you, not him. (laughs) May I show you? And I showed them the difference in their ability to hold one leg out versus the other and, and move through that. And it was miraculous because just changing her ability to move her hind end changed the horse instantly. Yep. And That's the body amazing. does things like it blocks awareness. For those of us who are stoic, you know, it'll be, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But, uh, but in that, under the, the perceptual awareness, you're not fine. And the horse... Okay, here's my sentence. I think you'll like it. The aids you don't know you're giving work just as well as the aids you know you're giving. For a human? Well, let's say you're human. Yeah. And you think that you are um, riding balanced when, in fact, you're engaging your left hind more than your right. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know you're giving the horse the aids. So the horse responds to it, starts to move off your left hind and move to the right. You go, why are you moving to the right? So you correct it. And the horse is saying to you, but you're asking, you're asking for it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So hence the aids you don't know you're getting yeah. work really well. And so my first question, well, my horse, I'm going down the street in Homeland and I'm all of a sudden my horse is veering, veering, veering. And I'm like, Hmm, I wonder if I'm asking him to do that or he's being a twit, you know, and <laughs> we need to figure it out because some. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. And like you said, sometimes you feed off of each other and it can be both. But the saddle pad will give you a little bit of an indication how much is you. you. The way the horse wears the shoe will give you an indication of how much is them. You know, horses ought to wear their shoes balanced and sometimes they don't or sometimes they're flaring. And if the foot is flaring, it's telling you that it's using the leg differently. So my farrier and I have all conversations because he can give me feedback on whether we're going straight or not. So it's very cool. Yeah. All those little things. And some people pay attention. Some people maybe are late to the party and noticing their influence over the horse's soundness. You see a lot of articles out there now, but it's needs to be more, uh, you know, for me, when someone says to me, my horse is girthy, Horses, in my opinion, are not girthy. They have fascial tension over the girth because some people think that if tight is good, you know, then then corset level tightness is better. Not. Or if you, you know, if you find that, what can you, I love when someone says, well, what can I do? You know, and I'll teach people how to do what I call um, enthusiastic grooming. 
so that you restore the fascial glide after a ride. A lot of people notice stretch before, but they don't necessarily notice stretch after. A lot of people think lack of flexibility is, is, is an inflexibility in stretching. Research shows it's a lack of strength, which creates fear, which lack of confidence that makes the stretch not happen. And if you strengthen the antagonist, then the stretch happens. So it's not really inflexibility, it's fear. That's so interesting. Yeah. As I said, this is, you've got 40 some odd years of every day I learn something new. So, um, oh, well, you've got so much experience. And do you see that with this, the, they say the stretching before can help prevent injury and, and so maybe after, but if it's truly a strength thing, then that's really what gives what's, you awareness. So it gives yeah. you insight into the horse and anything that makes you know more about the horse helps you treat it better. So yeah. I encourage people to do it and then notice, does it stretch better before or after? We'll often find a horse will not stretch out a left front because it doesn't trust its right hind. So what, when Dave and I are in the stall together working on a horse, I'll lean against the right hind or put my hand up against it. Then if he gets a full stretch, then it helps me know that the front is the compensation for the end. And it mm-hmm. could go either way. You know, you can have... A horse, I checked a horse today that I've seen many times, but it was being tried. Well, sometimes that's um, difficult on the horse. And so they asked me, well, what did you find? I said, this horse has never been sore in the withers before. I don't know. Was it that they used their own saddle? Was it that the person rides way too far forward? And the horse doesn't, has never had to hold itself up there because its trainer rides really well balanced. So I don't know, but it's an insight. You know, I'm, I'm not a person who says, if I see this, it means this. I'm Mm -hmm. a person who goes, isn't that interesting? I wonder how it factors into the whole. Mm -hmm. And that way you don't limit yourself by, you know, as I say, it's, uh, it's really all gathering information. And the same thing, I had an amazing agility dog in this morning first time ever. I've never seen a dog clear out. Everything that was wrong was beautiful in a six-year-old. And she said, when should I come back? I said, I don't know if you ever need to come back. You know, I mean, I've only, this is looking at you through a microscope in one instant. I think here's the things that you need to look for in your dog. This is when you pet him, does he flinch? When you ask him to turn left and right, does he hesitate to one side? Now it's your turn to become the person who's more aware. Yeah. And, you know, it depends how empowered you can make owner, trainer, rider, and how conscious people are when they're riding. And it's so much like these horses. The older I get, the more I really feel their behavioral issues are coming from physical issues. They're not trying to be bad. They're not trying to do, they, they, they're, doing the best that they can and uh people are too tough on them they are demanding oh they're sticky in the left to right change get the whip or put on a bigger spur get a different bridle and i mean the poor horses they've got stuff going on they're they're feeling they're equine athletes they're we're we're asking a lot a lot of them certainly like in trials like you're saying exactly and And, and sometimes you wonder I'm sorry, say that again. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just saying that, well, they're such good compensators. They compensate for us. And yes. if we're not aware, like you're saying, in our own bodies, and and like you said, if there's multiple people getting on trying them and they're not aware in their own oh. bodies or they're used to riding a horse a certain way and that horse isn't used to going that way, it's going to compensate and then pull itself out of whack. It's like us compensating when we're working out. And exactly. using something and then we're a little sore, we're a little stiff, we pop something out. It We have to be aware f- with that with the horses. And like you said, and not pull a bridle we're out. We're taught, especially in the show world, to, comp- to, to camouflage it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know and, and that is a, that's, but I have, I, you know, and someone says, oh, I know they're here and here and here and here, but I have to show I'm only here for the weekend. Well, then you have to prioritize. 
You know, I'm, I'm more of a long-term thinker. I'm more of, I always say I'm the Lorax. I speak for the horse. You know, whether you like what I'm going to say to you or not, I'm going to tell you that it's your horse. You make your own decisions, but I'm, I am, you know, if you're, I'm not going to take a horse that just came in, has been in quarantine for 30 days, lost its muscle because of whatever reason to go back to doing exactly what it was doing a month or six weeks ago until there is some way to build it up and, and compensate in a good way for what's been going on. So I, I tend to give a lot of advice and, you know, I have a, at least a three or 4% of a, you know, rating of people listening to me, <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyway. And when they do, I mean, I, I was on the phone with someone today who leased her horse and I come in the lease and I love that. You know, oh, that's great. I, <laughs> I love I, that. I'm not only going to love your the horse, but I'm going to feel it. I had another client where they had leased a horse, and there was an issue um, from a from a bad ride, you know, and somebody used too much leg and created a spur rub, and they're like, "I I need you to fix this horse. It needs to be better than when I got it. Not I'm not sending it back injured." And I'm like, "Okay, these are my people." You know, what can I do to make this better? What can I do to make it so that the horse is comfortable and willing? And when you see a horse going to a jump with its ears forward going, I love my life, that's what we want to create at whatever level. And that is a relationship. And we have had clients that we can't help the horse because they land in the middle of their back in the middle of every jump. I'm like, that horse is going to be sore. There is no magic that, you know, says if, if you don't have some core strength uh, for yourself, that horse is going to tell you, you know, that you're, you're doing something that is, um, you know, actually uncomfortable and slightly destructive. So my, our goal, you know, and, and my son is both a veterinarian and acupuncturist, and he does all of our Northern clients and, Dave and I work together um, on on our southern clients, and you know the the whole idea is what's best for the horse in this moment to get it to do the job people want it to do, and then tell them the truth as to whether or not it's up to the task. No, but uh, it's it's so rewarding. I can't even tell you. I you know it. There's never a day where you don't see something that is miraculous. And when you, when you see a horse develop and do it the best it possibly can and want to do it, then it's, um, it's a really amazing relationship. Now, I like when we go to a barn and the horse bangs on the stall because they're demanding (laughs) first, you know, that's what I like. I love that. Now, do you have any exercises besides the hula, the hula hoop? Because I think that's an yeah. amazing exercise um, <laughs> and the, you know, using your back muscles and you can do that in the barn. Are there any other like balancing exercises or like, like yeah. if you could give them one to two exercises for our listeners to do, um, whether it's in the barn at home, what would you say are like the most important Okay. Um, if you can get a balance board and stand on it, if you can stand on a balance board and not have it flipped from side to side, then you can sit on a horse balance. You so, speak to um, my soul. Those, I'm a Bosu you know, ball girl. Exactly. You know, um, I, I sit, anytime I sit, I sit on a Balamo chair, which is a, a chair that tilts. And if you can sit on it with equal weight on both ischium and not have it tilt left and right, then it's great. But I, I recommend every single person have a band, you know, your $15, $20 exercise band. Keep it in the barn. And if anyone goes to the website, I put all of these exercises up with free videos. Just do it. I don't, I'd rather not fix people. I'd rather have them fix themselves. And to be able to pull back and actually engage the, the muscles behind your armpit. You know, bringing your shoulder blades together, but it's not a stretch. People say, well, I stretch my trick. I stretch. It doesn't matter if you don't have a muscle back there. So in three minutes, you can do an entire set of upper back 
And then the other exercise that I love, and whether you use the long stretchy bands or, you know, the loop bands you can put around your legs, Mm -hmm. you just get into a squat, walk 10 steps up the aisle, 10 steps back. Because most riders, and and it's it's probably over 90%, get on on the left side, right? Throw your right leg over by weighting your left leg. Get off on the left side throw your right leg over. So it's constantly overweighting and jamming the left hip. So then there's that left hip becomes more fixated. And over time, the more horses you ride, the more jamming that pattern shows up in walking that shows up in driving. So doing things that make you balance moving your legs out to either side are going to let you start before you get on every horse in neutral. And if people ride six horses, I recommend that they just stretch palms to the ceiling and literally reset their bodies so they don't take a pattern from one horse onto the next horse. Yeah, that's smart. That is hard when you're riding multiples. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Especially, I mean, some of my clients will ride 17 horses in a day Mm -hmm. and not all the same yeah. personality horses and not walk trot horses, but, you know, meter 60 horses. And, and you look at the amount of breathe. Oh, how about breathing? I would like all of your listeners to breathe when they ride because the best riders come out of the ring and they're still breathing at a, at a relatively normal, their heart rate may be up. The people who are not fit come out of 80 seconds, they're sheet white and their, their oxygenation level is way down. So if anyone could just practice breathing into the count of eight to 10, holding it, breathing out to the count of eight to 10 and setting their breathing rate, which will control their heart rate, which will control the oxygenation of the muscles, which will relax the course. Because when you breathe in a controlled way, the horses as a herd animal will balance with you. So it's one of the, and every parent out there knows one of the best ways to calm a screaming child is to breathe with them. So this is, that is an exercise, but it's probably the most important one. Yeah. I love that. That just also keeps your, your position fluid, just keep not getting, some people just get so, tight up there when you hold your breath you constrict so then you're just up there like one big ball of (gasps) muscle yeah (laughs) clamping literally screaming at your horse (laughs) yeah i don't know why he's running away from me get a bigger bridle exactly (laughs) funny because we just had it we were out on a trail ride and one of the horses i was riding next to i won't name names um spooked and galloped off And so what do people do who aren't used to having this happen? They scream, they clench, they hold (laughs) their breath. The horse goes, oh, go faster, go crazier. This is it. And and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy as opposed to literally dropping the reins, relaxing, breathing. And the horse goes, oh, nothing to panic about. Okay, I'm going to come back down, you know. The exception was Laura Chapeau on Little Big Man who would always get done riding um, dump her um, as he was jumping out of the ring over the fence and then come back <laughs> to the barn. And we'd always be back at the barn going, oh, well, at least she won. Um, oh, my and, gosh. You know, that was a cool but, horse. Oh, he still is. I went to their farm really? twice this summer, and I still have to visit Pony because he demands it. She's and so he's cute. 29. Oh. And and, you know, still living at, at home in New Jersey. I love so, that. Little but big they man. were the first um, show barn that asked us to, you know, be there for them at all times. And I learned, I can never, ever, ever express the amount of gratitude I have for the experience of taking these top, top, amazing athletes and watching them get even better. Oh, it must be amazing. Totally. To be up close like that and being influencing for the better and the health of the animal. It's amazing. All that you've done is incredible. It's fun. It's it's fun. I can tell. Yeah. That's our, our work ethic. 
is to make a difference and have fun in the process. And, you know, if we live by that, it's, um, and then we build a team of people around us who literally want that, you know, who, who Mm -hmm. want the best possible experience, you know? Um, so it's, it's gratifying and, I learn something new every day, either from a client, a trainer, a rider, or (laughs) the other day I got bit, kicked, um, and stepped on. As Dave said, oh, it's a trifecta day. (laughs) And, um, you know, it's, it's people's like, how do you keep doing that? I'm like, well, it was my fault. Two of the three, two of the three were my fault, you know. Um, and you just go, okay, thank you for teaching me that lesson. And I'm not broken. That's good. Um, I don't really. Sometimes I am. <laughs> and you but, uh, practice in Florida and New York is uh, more locations? Or well, uh, Dustin, Dustin is, does chiropractic, veterinary medicine, acupuncture, and he's based out of Wallkill, New York, but does New York, New Jersey, um, occasional trips to Pennsylvania, Connecticut. Uh, he has one barn in Vermont. So he really is our whole northern contingency and I only go up for like Placid. Oh <laughs> so, my gosh. And, and the actually cushy that's not true. I go I go to Hunter Farms and I go to the Chapeaus because oh, nice. I love them. And great um, people. So I, I do make those trips actually. I saw Hunter Farms today down here. I was grateful they're here. Oh great. but um so you know that's the consistency part. So I will come up and um make sure because because Dustin doesn't do humans. So every once in a while, I have to check on my people when he's checking on the horses. And then down here, 90% of the time we're in Wellington. We do go to off season. We go to Aiken once a month and, um, and have a lot of our South Carolina friends. And we have to check in on Danny and Ron because they're awesome. And so we take care of them. And then um, we make our trip up. Uh, I do Ocala, uh, I was there two weeks ago. I'll be back again in two weeks. And there's a few of our Northern clients who do that part. So I try to make sure that I at least check in on them. And well, I'll sure have that- to catch up with you. I'm in Ocala. So definitely I will, uh, off air, I would love uh, catch Absolutely. up with you. So, Cause that would be yeah, fantastic. I know you guys yeah. definitely, she's a wealth yeah. of information and anybody else. Firstly, there are courses online, equiline.com that you can check yeah. out. But if you want to contact Wendy for, uh, any, any treatments, human equine, uh, or canine, you can email to info at equiline.com. And there's also I'm doing, numbers um, on the website. a webinar series oh, in nice. case anyone was interested in learning. This is more for the professional mm-hmm. because it's going to be mobility protocols. And I'm doing um, three weeks of equine, three weeks of canine. But it's a webinar, so it's Thursday nights from 7.30 to 8.30. And well, that's going to start January 5th. And I'm excited about that because it's really for people who already know how to do it, but they don't necessarily know the process. So I'm going to help them with motion palpation, uh, fascial evaluation and fascial work, kinesiology taping, all things that you can do hands-on if you have expertise, but you don't necessarily have to have the degree to go with it. And then I'm going to do an equine seminar in March down here in Wellington. That's going to be a full day hands-on. Uh, and again, that's, um, that was by demand. So I said, no, I wouldn't do any more in person until after season. And then and all my Northern people were like, but we <laughs> want to come to Florida in the winter. So March 11th, that's going to happen. Oh man. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. And how do people get more info on the webinar? Is it on? Um, it should be on ethicaline.com. If not, Perfect. if they email me, I will send them the link to that. And it's, it's, you know, I made it very, very affordable because it's a fun group. And I did it uh, one time before just teaching people about laser and what it does and why and how and all of that. And we had 48 people and we just had a blast. So I said, I'm going to make it very, very easy entry so that people who just want to enjoy other people doing what they love can 
have an hour of, you know, interaction. So, Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. What a great idea. Well, thank you so much for coming on and being such a wealth of knowledge and information. And we will have to check in again because you're just, absolutely. there's so many facets to this. As, as we know, um, communicating with like-minded people makes me happy. So um, <laughs> yeah. time you need me, just, just this reach is out a nerd and give me a group. call. A yes, total nerd love group. Exactly. We love it. Thank you All so right, much, perfect. Wendy. We look forward to you talking guys soon. have great holidays. Okay. Thank you. Happy you holidays. Too. Wow. That was amazing. We love Dr. Wendy Corin. What a information filled interview. There was so many, like so much information given. I'm kind of mind blown. Um, and I do encourage everyone to go to her website because she has some really great videos and to tie into her interview. And I love that she talked about this because I already had written down a couple exercises for our listeners, um, to do at home, especially over the winter when maybe riding isn't happening quite so much. But before we get to those exercises, I'd love to talk about total equa health, our title sponsor. So are you interested in your horse's wellness? Do you know what is in the products you feed and use on your horses? At Total EquiHealth, we have sought out and selected quality products that aid in their fitness and health and benefit their performance. The products we carry aren't just for the elite sport horse, but for every horse with a health conscious owner. Be sure to check out our rider section as well. Check them out today at Total EquiHealth, that's E-Q-U-I Health com and we are highlighted equidu moment highlighted product for this episode is the legion fortify joint supplement fortify is a hundred percent natural joint supplement that reduces joint pain and inflammation and enhances joint health and function it means less pain and inflammation more mobility and function and healthier joint cartilage now will fortify give you bulletproof joints of a 20-year-old swimmer? Absolutely not. Will it guarantee your joints to never ache again? Also, no. But will it help reduce joint stiffness, swelling, discomfort, and improve range of motion and durability? Yes. It is guaranteed or Legion will give you your money back. They have a total formulation transparency, no proprietary blends. They have a type 2 collagen and curcumin, botswellia serrata, grapeseed extract, agumatine sulfate, and vitamin C. I take it myself. I have a client that takes it. She swears by it. She actually takes it for migraines because she gets migraines once a month, um, like on the dot uh, at a certain time of the month. And she started taking it and it has helped reduce the inflammation in her body that she can actually help control that migraine. I don't know if that's what it's for, but she absolutely swears by it. You can find it in the rider section at totalequahealth.com under supplements. And uh, it the whole Legion line is just great because it's all natural and I absolutely love it. That sounds really nice. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> nice. I love that. That we love, really nice. We love science. Yes, science. <laughs> I know. Big group of nerds here. <laughs> we do love science and we yes. love testimonials. I'm not very smart at science, but I love reading about it. <laughs> yeah, other people are, which is most important. And then we can just share the information. I'm like, ooh, this sounds smart. Let's do this. <laughs> oh, no, that's great. I love that. And hey, who doesn't need a little less inflammation and more mobility? Oh. My horse and myself. <laughs> right? All of us. All of us. If After we're done with Dr. Wendy Corn, then we can add in the supplements here for exactly. full total health. Well, and, well, that is the Total Equa Health podcast I know. I right there for you. It's really silly. <laughs> total Equa Health. It's true. See we're, what we, we did there? We bring true to name. We did. We did. That was smart. We did that. We That's good. Tied it all around in a circle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I... um. I wrote down, Emily, some exercises. We need to stay more mobile as we set in, the cold sets in, we become a little more stagnant. We, With that, our circulation goes down, our flexibility goes down, and we really need to stay mobile so our motility, our joints get the lubrication they need. Once we are strong and in alignment as 
Dr. Corin just said, then our horses will stay a little bit stronger and in alignment, or at least they're better set up to at least. So she spoke to my soul in that interview when she was talking about, you know, getting on a balance board and, you know, yeah. checking, checking your own balance because I am a BOSU girl. Okay. So BOSU, a BOSU ball is, I don't know if you've seen one, Emily, but it's like a half round. Oh my gosh. Yes. Ball yes. With I the actually flat, happened. I didn't know it was called that. Yeah. Yes. With the flat pa- platform. Yep. Yep. Um, and so you can use it where you use the flat platform on the ground and just stand on the ball, which is great, you know, for when you're beginning and you're testing out your, your balance. And so it's not maybe rocking side to side or front to back, and you're not going to fall and break a wrist or your face or anything like that. But <laughs> uh, ask me how I know, um, I really. <laughs> but you can stand on it and kind of do one legged step ups. If you're not comfortable or you don't have a BOSU ball, you can do that with a chair or a stool where you just literally, you know, take, put your foot up, step up and lift your your body weight up, bring your, your knee, your opposite knee chest high or not chest high, but 90 degrees and then step back down and do that on both sides and just notice. And I would start small, you know, like if you have a small stool and then work up to a chair, work up to a BOSU ball. Um, and then you can actually flip the BOSU ball upside down. So the ball part is on the ground and you're standing on the platform part. Now, that's hard. Bosu do- does have a warning. Says that's this where is you want not to protect the- your face. Yeah, this is not the side <laughs> you are supposed to be using, and you just go. Shh, I'm a horse person. I don't listen to rules. Um, yep. <laughs> but then you can. What I would say is that when you're doing the platform side as your standing point, and I actually learned this um, when I was doing some physical therapy after a fall, and that's where I got my idea, and that's why I became a Bosu ball girl because I was like, this is amazing, because. You can stand on it and just, I mean, literally just standing there, you can test your balance because you, you rock side to side, front to back. So, but if you're balanced it and standing on there, it's, it's super easy. Okay. So, well, it theoretically is super easy unless you have a weakness on one side, but then you can also start practicing like squats, um, where you're you're leaning into your feet and squatting down and then standing back up and then you can do like a squat and hold almost like a two point position and just hold it there um with your hands out out in front of you you know whether it's in like a praying style or out in front of you like you're going to catch a football um something like that and just making sure you you know you have your proud chest your your shoulders are back just like riding um, you're not arching your back, your back's flat and your spine's in a neutral position where you almost, a lot of riders have to think about tucking their pelvis in just a little bit underneath them because as riders, I firmly believe that we all have a little mild scoliosis going on from jamming in the saddle and we, we love to arch our backs and maybe not use those back muscles quite so much. Don't engage those. Uh-huh. So if you kind of do that neutral, you just like do a pelvic tuck and then start doing your squats and, and everything like that and your squats and holds. And it'll really point out whether you lean left or right because you'll end up almost falling over. So a lot of people, I recommend maybe doing it in front of a wall where you can s- stabilize yourself. Um, but it was funny because when I was doing physical therapy and they had me doing this and they're like, wow, she's not struggling at all, not struggling at all. And it was the PT assistants that were helping me. And the physical therapist lady whose daughter rode also didn't even look up from her clipboard and goes, well, duh, she rides horses. She knows <sighs> how to balance off of her core. You're going to have to give her a harder exercise than that. So then we started throwing throwing like I would stay in a squat position and I'd throw a ball back and forth to the other guy when this other guy's like a big gym rat kind of muscle guy real young and he's like oh this isn't that hard I'll get on one with you and he went to get on and he fell flat on his face trying oh to get gosh. off the ball and he's like how do you balance on that and I was like I don't know I didn't really <laughs> think of it because I've ridden since I was a kid so I know how to balance off my core I, yeah I mean Yay for me. I didn't know that I was actually that good at it. But Yeah, right. <laughs> You're good at it. Totally. Learned behavior. That's yeah. awesome, though. So, but I would say that and then also um, a bear crawl. So getting down on your knees 
and then tucking your toes like so you kind of get up and like you're on all fours but you you tuck your toes underneath you and your knees are about an inch to two inches off the ground Mm -hmm. and you actually alternating so if you move your right hand forward you move your left leg forward and vice versa and you crawl a couple steps and then you can crawl back Um, If you don't have a lot of space, you're at home, you may be trying to do in your living room and it's a little cramped, you can actually just stay in that position and just move your feet where they come underneath you and then they go out behind you and then they come underneath you and then they go like at one, let's say you go like left foot, right foot. In one location. Yeah. Just up and down. Yeah. Yeah. And you do like left foot, right foot, right, right foot back or so left foot forward, right foot forward. And then go right foot back, left foot back, and then alternate kind of that pattern so that you know that you can use both sides a little independently. Um, And again, make sure you're not arching your back, tuck your pelvis, almost think when you're doing the bear thing that you're doing it like an ugly position. Like, so think of like a bear when it walks, it walks with a mildly rounded back, right? Mm -hmm. So you you don't want to fully round your back, but you want to do that pelvic tilt again so that you're really engaging, you know, your back muscles and your core muscles at the same time. And it's actually working your shoulders all at the same time because it's like a mild plank type thing, but you're staying mobile. And it's all stability muscles, which are what we use when we ride. We use a lot of stability muscles. We don't need large muscle mass. We need to just be stable. And that exercise will work the muscles that Wendy is talking about. Yes. Correct? Yeah, yes. right? Because you're pushing. And basically, so- it's working your top line. It's working. Your- that was so funny. <laughs> I was like... Let me I'm, let me just try to visualize this. Yes, no, that totally because that and 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 truth be told, we we don't we we don't you know we all we rely on different muscle groups and cross training is so important for your yeah. horses for sure and but for the people you've got to balance out those muscles, make you stronger and more balanced so that you're not throwing throwing your horse or horses out of whack. I like that one. That's a really good exercise. Well, and, and it's so that's funny. easy on the joints. Yes. And that's what all of the exercises that I ever <laughs> suggest, <laughs> they're, they're, good, easy they're very easy on the joints and like not super explosive, but right. you know, I found, and I'm sure you found like if, if you're weak in one area, you're going to overcompensate in other areas. Like, so yep. my back for a long time was stronger than my core. So if I was go- about ready to fall off, I'd like tighten up those back muscles and pull myself up, but then I'd actually end up hurting those back muscles Mm -hmm. because I was overusing them instead of being able to kind of engage the core and engage the back muscles. And so when she was talking about the top line of the human, I was like, wow, that really like ding, ding, ding. Yeah. We we need, we emphasize that with the horses. Why don't we emphasize that with ourselves? Yeah, seriously. No, all this new technology, new studies, there's so much information now that it it's it's worth investigating, looking into that, make yourself better, more square, better for your horse. I think on cross training for the rider is seriously overlooked. Maybe not at the top top tier of of show jumping of our sport. People are really motivated staying in the gym and and have all kind of body workers and stuff but anybody should be doing it if you're going to get on the horse right i mean you should be the best that you can be before you know picking apart your equine partner oh but they just have a difficult left lead or they swap off or or maybe you're just pleasure riding but either way all of it i think if you're going to get on a horse you should take the time to make sure you're doing it correctly any level, you know, I even had the conversation with a client that literally jumps, you know, like 18 inches and she, and we're just working on the flat and she's like, I can't get my horse to move off my left leg. And I'm like, okay, well, what side, like, and she works out somewhat, you know, she's a busy mom and she's mom of two and she has a couple horses and stuff. So she doesn't always get to the gym, but I'm like, you know, when you work out, do you do left side, right side? And she goes, no, well, I just work my legs together. And I'm like, well, your left leg is clearly, you know, the weaker of the two. And so when she thinks she's putting her left leg on, she, she really isn't, but like, because she works her legs together, she's putting her leg on, which means her right leg's coming on and she's accidentally telling the horse to go right. Like what Mm -hmm. Dr. Corrin was saying, 
even though, and so she's almost fighting herself and mm-hmm. where if you can get a little bit stronger. And so I gave her a couple exercises and her husband's actually a fitness guy. So I was like, I'm going to sick your husband on you and you were going to get stronger on this left <laughs> side. And now she's like, wow. When I put my left leg on, my horse leg yields to the left. And I'm like, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, right. You identify but, those things in the riders and maybe even amateurs and weekend riders more because they're maybe maybe just that time. They're really not balancing out. They're just spending a short time in the tack and maybe not doing the homework. Everybody should, I think, regardless of how much you ride or at what level, this cross-training for the people is yeah. huge. Well, and you can do like the exercises I said can only take like five minutes. I mean, you don't have to like grind and and come out with beads of sweat and bursting cherry red face. I mean, you can just, <laughs> I mean, to each their own, but <laughs> right. I mean, if that's your thing, we're not standing in your way, but don't do that to your horse. First of all, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Please don't make your horse look like that. No, but if you must then to yourself only, yes, no judgment. Exactly. Um, but like it, it could take five, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. And I know we're all busy, but I mean, it's worth it. Just yeah. do it. Just and and I love your exercises it. that you pick with the low impact, easy on the joints, not don't need a huge area. There's not really any excuses, to be honest, yeah. to not just throw in an extra five, 10 minutes. And you may find something out about yourself that you didn't know that may be affecting your lessons, affecting the the progress you're getting with whatever horse you're working with at the time, competition, home, whatever. I think it's it's huge. I I love that we're doing that. I know that your your website and your so much of what you do, Kayla, is health related and fitness related, and that's so wonderful and needs to be more the norm. But it's unfortunately just kind of not. Yeah, but we're we're trying to make it a little more normalized. And I will um, post. It's so hard. We were talking off air with uh, Wendy about the editing and all that sort of stuff. Oh my it's, god, it's very hard. But I will post um, some videos of these exercises so the listeners can um, get a little more visual. I'm a visual learner, so and obviously I probably did not explain it very well verbally. So I'll try to do just short clips so we don't lose anyone's attention. Um, but I'll p- post that to the Total EquiHealth uh, TikTok page and then share it on the Facebook page as well so that people can can find that. And so that'll be on Facebook, Total EquiHealth. EquiHealth is one word, E-Q-U-I-H-E-A-L-T-H. Um, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Um, you can also find me at Kayla Benny, B-E-N-N-E-Y, uh, Facebook again, TikTok. I'm very embarrassing. Don't don't actually follow my TikTok because it's. Really <laughs> I love your TikToks. What are you talking about? I They're love. Great. I'm like I'm going hacking. I'm gonna make a music video. I love it. I love it. No, People are like, like, and this is why you fall off of your baby horses. <laughs> Maybe, but then you get fixed and you do some push-ups and you do the bear crawl and you're fine. So. And I'm fine. I bounce back. You bounce back, baby. That's what counts. Uh. And Emily, where can people find you? You guys can find me on Facebook, Emily Wood, Insta, Stella Farm, LLC, and also ECEEquestrianco.com. And you can find the links to today's guests and show notes at horsesinthemorning.com. You can follow Horses in the Morning on Facebook. Just search for Horses in the Morning. And you can have all of the Horse Radio Network shows with you wherever you go with our free app for iPhone and Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. Remember, riding like life doesn't have to be perfect to be wonderful. Give your horse a pat after every ride. See you next time, guys. <laughs>